So what jujitsu does is it replaces what we commonly know as strong bench press, deadlift, uh, squat. You know those those kinds of Olympic type movements uh, that your body's made to do, but it, it eliminates all the strength you need for that by just taking bone structure and using it as a car jack. So how can a little tiny car jack lift up the side of a car so you can change the tire? It's built on the frame of the car, so you set the jack on the frame of the car, and it can lift the entire thing. So that's what jujitsu shows: is that when you are flat on your back and you have an attacker or an opponent on top of you that weighs twice as much as you, if not more, that with your frames that you make with your forearms and your elbows close to your body, you can actually lift that person using the ground off of you. Welcome to the True North Podcast, where we explore the minds of the people who have propelled my career as a professional in the health and fitness space. Join me as I chat with athletes of all varieties, medical professionals, and like-minded individuals to gain valuable insights for how to optimize athletic performance, combat injury, and improve lifestyle mindset. Let's get to it. Thanks for joining in. Hello and welcome to the True North Podcast. Today with me, I have Joe Boer. He is a black belt in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, an instructor and owner of Total Self-Defense Academy in Kingsport, Tennessee. He is also a professional musician since 2007 and is currently a mandolinist for the Tim Shelton Syndicate. He began studying Gracie Jiu-Jitsu due to some unhealthy lifestyle of being on the road and starting his family. So, Joe, how are we doing? Ahoy, how are we doing? <laughs> Good. Thanks uh, so much for talking with me today. Well, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm excited about our conversation because you're going to be talking about something that I know nothing about. So I'm going to be learning from you. And from <laughs> word on the street, uh, you're about the best person anybody can learn from in the realm of jujitsu. So I'm pretty excited to have you here today. Well, I'm happy to be here. Um, first question. Do you have any snow out there in Tennessee right now? No snow. It's actually uh, right now it's 65 degrees. It was 30 this morning. So mountain weather is crazy around <laughs> this time. So spring and fall. It's freezing in the morning and at night, and then during the day, it's sweltering. So Nice. Oh, my gosh. We are just getting dumped on. So late March, for those of you guys who are listening to this later in time, uh, real time right now, late March, March 30th, and uh, we have got feet of snow on the ground in Bozeman, America. So that's pretty fantastic. Sounds great. That sounds I, great. <laughs> I am so ready for some sunshine. Um, yeah. Anyway, and you mm -hmm. just said, too, that you're headed on the road for some shows later this weekend, and you're heading to 80-degree weather, so that's pretty exciting, too. That's right. The Sunshine State. So I, uh, going down to Florida and traveling around. So. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, yeah, one big reason why I wanted to have you on here is to help educate myself and others about jujitsu and your motivation mm -hmm. factor, and you are high-level martial artist so i am just very curious on how you've gotten to the level that you're at 
and how you balance all the things in life. You wear a lot of hats in your life, which interests me because I also wear a lot of hats. So any conversation I can have with people to help me and help others uh, figure out this wonderful thing called balance, I'm all for. <laughs> well, it's funny you funny you say balance because jujitsu is all about balance. It's all about balance and uh, physical and mental balance. Um, how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. That's kind of where I keep myself on a day-to-day basis. It's an uncomfortable position. Okay, so you had sent me a mission statement, and I just got to say this too. I'm recording in the gym that I work out of, and there's somebody down there really banging weights. So I'm sorry (laughs) if everybody in the background hears that, but I kind of like it, but that's what's going on if people are wondering what Uh, that noise is in the background makes Um, me feel at home okay good all right well uh you had sent me part of your mission statement for your academy your total self-defense academy um and you you began that back in 2018 correct correct okay so i just want to read this because i love it My motivation was to effectively equip families with skills to defend themselves by controlling and neutralizing attackers, both standing and on the ground, using technique and leverage above physical strength and power. I love that because above physical strength and power, right? I feel like people are always trying to work within their physical strength and power. So um, that's the first part of it. Can Can you walk me through that? Can you talk me through what that part of jiu-jitsu means and is about yes now i am no physician but i have a good understanding of bones and so when i'm talking about frames and leverage okay so it's one thing to go up to a tree stump that you need removed out of the ground and grab a hold of it and just deadlift it out of the ground right okay maybe some guy can do that but i can't and neither can my daughters, neither can smaller, weaker people who don't have the genetics or maybe the, the muscle mass to be able to do that or the strong back. So what jujitsu does is it replaces what we commonly know as strong bench press, deadlift, uh, squat, you know, those, those kinds of Olympic type movements uh, that your body's made to do, but it, it eliminates all the strength you need for that by just taking bone structure and using it as a car jack so how can a little tiny car jack lift up the side of a car so you can change the tire it's built on the frame of the car so you set the jack on the frame of the car and it can lift the entire thing so that's what jujitsu shows is that when you are flat on your back and you have an attacker or an opponent on top of you that weighs twice as much as you if not more that with your frames that you make with your forearms and your elbows close to your body, you can actually lift that person using the ground off of you. I like that. I so like I'm that just trying to paint the picture because I'm talking with my hands as I'm doing this. So I'm just, yeah. no, you're doing great. That's an absolutely awesome analogy. I, you know, you're making me want to get, I've ever since I've talked to you in the past like i've always wanted to get into a jiu-jitsu gym and so that's going to happen here one of these days yes i love it i've heard there's a a jiu-jitsu place here close by that's a gracie jiu-jitsu uh gym as well so i'm i'm i need to talk to you about that a little more maybe off air about if you know these people or not 
Okay, so awesome. So let me read the second part of it. The mission okay. of this academy is to cultivate awareness as early as age four with the ability to control a situation, be it verbal harassment, physical bullying, abduction attempts, or dangerous altercations walking to your car. The traditional jujitsu we teach is the complete art of self-defense that develops confidence, self-control, awareness, clear ways to think through confrontation and a proper respect for others and yourself. This is so well written. I I would sign up immediately reading this because I feel like this applies to so many, so many people, so many situations, so many potential situations. So um, I feel like you touched on how you can avoid like dangerous altercations with someone who's twice your size. And I right. love that you're starting at an early age with kids too. I know your girls are doing this. Yes, they are. And my biggest thing with kids is as long as they have fun, but they're also learning how to discern situations. Now we hear it all the time. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. But here's the thing. I want my girls to talk to strangers, especially if the stranger's talking to them. And I want them to be able to discern it. So how do we cultivate the ability to say, this doesn't feel right? Yeah. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? You know, this doesn't feel right because we have Amber Alerts happen on our phone all the time. Yeah. And these kinds of things happen. And it's in my business to study how that these, these predatory attacks happen, especially to children. So we're talking about children for now is they they lure them in ways that a children would find exciting so hey i've lost my puppy can you come and help me yeah um so that's very common around my area and um so we we make sure that the kids understand that we have very good circle talks i call them circle talks where we we train a couple of techniques and then we come back in we bring it in and then the kids we have a conversation i want the kids to talk to me and it's so crazy i kid you not it is so crazy when you when you tell a three or a four year old and you ball up your fist. So I'll ball up my fist in front of them and say, what does this mean? They say, you want to fight? You want to hit me? And then I'll open my hands and show them my palms. What does this mean? Well, it means stay back. So it's so crazy how they already innately know that. And so I, I like to I like to just keep going on that to, to make them understand that body language, we can read it even as early as age three and four. Not not trying to teach them how to trust everybody, but how to discern how, like what people want from them. It's so funny. A story is um, we were, uh, took the kids to Disney and and my daughter, Claire, my oldest, she was four years old. She had just turned, five. no, she just turned five. And uh, we were on the tram. We had spent all day in the Magic Kingdom. We were coming back to the hotel room and this older gentleman, started talking to her saying oh you're just a pretty princess and he had an accent i guess he was from england and he was he had this uh, this accent and was talking to her and she was tired she just turned around she raised her hands palms up showing her showing him her palms and said why are you talking to me oh wow and so of course you know <laughs> part of me was embarrassed but at the same time i'm like this is great this is great. Yeah. It's like here, here's this, here's this five-year-old kid who's looking around with this weird, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson eyebrow up saying, Why are you talking to me? You know, I love it. I, I love, love that it. And the too. guy was kind of taken back. So he looked at me and I'm just like, it's just something that we work on. I said, honey, he's just asking you a question. So <laughs> it was, yeah. it was and, very, very and how cool. about I love you that. should answer her question too? <laughs> 
Uh, Why are you talking to me? (laughs) Answer a question with a question. I like it. I like it. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Awareness is so huge, I think, in so many applications, Mm -hmm. but especially when we're talking about this too. That's really cool. Do you have, um, do you have more young girls at your academy or do you have boys and girls? Like, what do you think the ratio is there? So it's kind of changed since, um, uh, since we started getting into warmer weather, but honestly, when I've started my academy, I've had, when it comes to children, I've had more dads bring in their young daughters. So I've had a house full of, uh, little ladies yeah. and that warms my heart because I, I think that women and children need this more than anybody like men. We just think we can automatically fight. You know, we just, we, we walk into, a uh, martial arts class and we know how to punch right it's easier to teach a little girl because she just throws up her hands and says i don't know what to do with my hands i don't know what i'm doing and so she's very open um so it, they they make the great great best students um so i had a room full of little girls and then now i'm sort of getting like that uh, preteen age young gentleman coming in and it's kind of nice because it's good training for for both the ladies and the guys. Um, so they, they get to the whole lot of camaraderie there, but a gentleness that you're also teaching the boys to be to the ladies and the ladies are being a little more on that roughhousey side, you mm-hmm. know, so there's a good balance and I've always rough and, you know, rough and tumbled my girls. So they're, they're used to that. So. <laughs> well, I guess why I asked that too, is I do feel like, jujitsu from what I know would be something that I would want my girls into just you know looking at today's world and society unfortunately um, what you touched on earlier you know these attacks or amber alerts or abduction attempts are pretty rampant these day and days and the trafficking things I know my girls are 12 and 15 right now so I definitely want them to be able to handle themselves or like you're saying be able to look somebody in the eye and let them know they see them and they know, yeah, exactly, back off. know yep yep <laughs> exactly back off yeah, just handle themselves a little more too so I, I was curious what your experience has been if you feel like daughters are being brought in which i think is fantastic obviously young boys need to be as well but um yeah i was just yeah, curious young boys yeah usually um young boys get into it because of the wrestling and the and the, the aspect of that because jujitsu is not just you know, wrestling on the ground, but that's the, that's a big part of it. What happens in a fight is usually there's an attack, there's an approach, there's a grab, there's a push, there's a yeah, a tackle, something. Mm-hmm. But it usually ninety percent of the time ends up on the ground. Sure. And when it's on the ground is where the person gets on top and just pummels the other guy, right? Mm-hmm. So we that's what we uh, train against. Is that when you're flat on the earth, when your back is flat on the ground, no matter if it's pavement or grass or wherever, that you can effectively defend yourself and better your position and take on multiple attacks. Because if one guy's on top of you punching, his buddy's over here getting ready to kick you. You know what I mean? So we have to make sure that we are aware. Now, the biggest part of jujitsu is learning how to diffuse a situation with just your body language and voice. We've all been there. We've all been that hot-headed teenager in, in school where something ticks you off and you you swell back and you retaliate verbally and then all of a sudden it starts escalating and then all of a sudden a slap and then you know you, you see it from there. So what I'm trying to do is 
help kids when they get to that age after the four-year-old and we start getting into the preteen and teenager years is how to control yourself and your mind. I'm not saying bottle it and take out the emotion because that's impossible. You know, right. you have God-given emotions and if you're mad, you're mad. I mean, one of my favorite uh, episodes of the Mr. Rogers show, uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, was when he was telling people that you have feelings too, kids. And if you're mad, you're mad. Go outside and yell. Pound some clay. You know, I mean, just it's okay. So they need to understand that they can process these emotions. However, it's not okay to retaliate physically from something verbal. Sure. However, you know, some people just want to be physical right off the bat and we defend against that. So there's, uh, it just takes a lot of time, a lot of training because jujitsu is a lifestyle. It's not something you can go in and get a couple of belts and be good, you know? So it is a, it is a lifestyle. It's a, a self-defense mindset. So by the time uh, these people, and usually I, I like to classify ladies because nine times out of 10, they're victims in, in those kinds of scenarios. Women are approached, little girls are approached. For the most part, that is that is where I target because you know my my <laughs> my daughters have my heart. So it's like I everyone is somebody's child. <laughs> it's like that's the way that I look at it. Everyone needs jujitsu. In the um, firearms facility that I work at, we do a, an avoiding violence class, and it's based <laughs> off of a book, The Gift of Fear. That sounds awesome because in our academy, we teach a, uh, a force continuum class. So how to, how to disengage a hostile person without pulling your firearm or your weapon. So. Yes. So you're talking a lot about a lot of the principles that are in this book, The Gift of Fear. And uh, so, yeah, that, that one, I think is phenomenal, phenomenal reference. It's, it's must read information. It's a must read for both of my kids. My oldest has read it and my youngest one, I don't think is quite mature enough yet to read it, but she's okay. going to be getting that one pretty soon. So no, anyway, I will, gonna, I will check that out. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll put that in the show notes so people kind of reference that too. Um, Awesome. Okay. So one question, you probably get this and maybe you hate this question, but is it similar to wrestling? Like, is there, is there a crossover between like Western wrestling and jujitsu? Okay. So it, it's the best way that I can describe it. And I'm going to try to, so here we go. Is that if, if a, if a lay person is looking at jujitsu and wrestling, they look the same, but I'm telling you that they are at best superficially the same and okay. fundamentally different. Fundamentally different because wrestling, if, I, if, if I'm going against a wrestler and he takes me to the ground, pins me to the ground, his game is over. Mm -hmm. Jiu-jitsu starts when I am pinned to the ground yeah. or pushed up against yeah. a wall. So that's where jiu-jitsu begins. Okay. So what to do in the worst case scenarios, like to, like last night we were training some wall defenses. That means if somebody pins you, like shoves you, pins you to a, a wall or a headlock, driving your head into a wall or has their hands around your neck, pushing you against a wall or a locker or a car or something like that. So we work wall defenses a lot. I have a lot of holes in my wall at my academy because <laughs> we don't have pads up there yet, but um, 
but the thing is, is like when, when you understand the power of leverage, just like I was talking about the stump, when you deadlift it out, instead of using one little two before mm-hmm. underneath it and lever it down, a child can do that. So when, when these little kids are putting grown adults on their knees, now I'm not talking about kicks between the legs and with the groin. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about pure leverage with their little bodies and their little frames can put a grown adult on the ground. It is a empowering thing. You should see their faces. Oh, I can like watch some, watch some YouTube videos <laughs> of just kids doing their first thing in self-defense, taking a grown adult down. And you know, I don't I don't like to hold anything back. I don't like to help them in a in a sense of, you know, if they're taking me over, I don't give a little hop, you know, give them yeah. that extra little no. I want them to put me down. And when they do, they're like they look like they have just seen Disneyland. Yeah. So it's it's just neat to see the because jujitsu is 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 simple. It's just not easy to learn on your own. You're going to have to go to a class and understand that it's a lifestyle, a couple of hours a week, until whenever, until the rest of your life, a couple of hours a week. And you'll start acquiring all this thought process starts changing and all this technique and knowledge because technique is king and understanding how to apply it is the context. So it's like, you can't just learn a bunch of moves, right? So if you go to, and I'm not throwing off on karate. I love karate. I taught. Uh, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. But for practical self-defense use, a kid in karate goes up and they know a punch, they know a kick, they know a back kick, they know a, a you know, a block. But where's the context? How are they using this when somebody's just brawling at them? Yeah, like a, a form follows function type of a thing. Exactly. The, the, the tool you need in that situation is different. Sure. Correct. And so what jujitsu does is, yes, there is a whole lot of like what looks like, quote unquote, wrestling going on. But it is a chess match between my jujitsu and your jujitsu. Can you talk to me about the difference between Gracie jujitsu, if there is one, and like some other jujitsu academies? Is, is mm-hmm. Gracie a specific distinction? It is. So uh, jujitsu, of course, that, that's a Japanese word. And what that what jujitsu means is the gentle art. Okay. okay? The gentle art of self-defense. That is what jujitsu means. Now, I study Gracie jujitsu, which is Brazilian jujitsu. Gotcha. Um, and instead of going into the long, boring history... Um, what happened is a very well-known Japanese jiu-jitsu person came to Brazil and taught Elio Gracie and Carlos Gracie, his brother. So when they started learning this form of self-defense laying in, in, on the ground and defending yourself when your back is on the earth, that kind of thing started developing in Brazil in a certain aspect because all these people who were training jiu-jitsu at the time in this in this area back in the 1920s they were very strong very built like you look at them and they look like fire hydrants you know i mean just just big wrestler guys and these were the kind of guys that you would find when you're going into a judo or a jiu-jitsu academy but elio gracie he was like 140 pounds and he had vertigo and he had vertigo 
<laughs> and it, his, his mother let him stop school when he was eight years old because he was always sick. He starts learning by watching. So he's watching his brother train and do all these private lessons, right? And then all of a sudden, his brother doesn't show up for a private lesson. This guy, one of these students show up and he's just like, uh, well, I mean, I, I can show you some stuff. And he's like, okay. So here's the kid, Elio Gracie, starts showing better ways to understand leverage because he doesn't have the physical strength to do some of these moves. So he's developed his own way of making frames and moving out from underneath a parked car, right? Mm -hmm. Using yeah. the car jacks. And so when uh, Carlos, his brother, came back, he hurried back. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. And uh, his student said, no, I think I'm going to learn from the kid now. Because <laughs> no, it's right. easy. So you have you have different sects after that. So after 1925, when Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was established by Carlos and Elio Gracie, you started having a little branches of where they turned it into more of a sport. So instead of the self, the practical self-defense aspect, the other side of the coin is jujitsu versus jujitsu. So Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is jujitsu versing an untrained brawler opponent or some guy who thinks he knows how to fight which is why you can you can specifically see this in the first ufc's when hoist gracie son of elio gracie walked into the ring with a gi on and fought boxers muay thai fighters sambo guys just all these other martial artists and he won that, like that's where you can that's where you can see the demonstration of Gracie Jiu Jitsu really working. And then uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Hoist Gracie from the UFC one, two and three. But I also really pay attention to Hickson Gracie. It's spelled Rickson, but it's it's the R's are pronounced with an H. So Hickson Gracie is also the son of Elio Gracie, but he's he's a champion. He's like the champion of the family. And he fought in the Valley Tudo fighting early 90s uh, when there was really no holds bar. There was, there was just it was just fight, fight. And he used Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and he showed the world, him and his brother Hoist showed the world what Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is. So if you think about it, Taekwondo is an ancient martial art. Uh, karate, ancient. Uh, tai Chi, ancient. Um, if you start seeing this kind of stuff, you start understanding the history of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and that's 1925. So for me, it goes Elio Gracie into Hickson and his friend Pedro Sauer, and I got my black belt from Pedro Sauer. So cool. I have four generations, probably three generations away from where the source is in 1925. So Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is the ultimate form of self-defense, whether you're smaller or weaker, pinned to the ground, or just flat out bullied. Well, Joe, cool. I mean, thank you for all of that. I think it's pretty awesome to get some of the background, but I'd love to talk about you a little bit okay. more, if you're willing gotcha. to be a little vulnerable on this thing here. But right. you, you had mentioned, let's see, just about an unbalanced life. You were trying to juggle gym, jujitsu, home life, and yeah. that you had a big battle for balance and had some hard lessons and failures through your divorce and depression and different things. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to me. What's go? What? Where? Where did this unbalanced turn to balanced for you? I was somebody who was very passion driven. 
So everything that I did was, was passion. But I think where, where I started really, uh, I guess, getting more obsessive. And I, I think to be good at anything, you need a healthy obsession. But when it came to me, I, I had no ability. Because when I found something I loved, it was like, Bleh. So when I started doing music, I quit school to go travel and, and play music. Like I did, I graduated high school and never went to college and I jumped onto a tour bus and see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, then fast forward 10 years and I'm like, okay, so now I'm, I'm mid to late 20s and I, I want a family. So yeah. then I had to, I had to give it up. I had to give it up. I, um, it was one of those things where when, when I say give it up, I mean, come off the road. I can still play music and, you know, still do studio stuff and that kind of thing. But I wanted something else more. It was like I was lacking something else. And everybody was like, oh, Joe, you can't do that. You're made to play music. It's part of your DNA. No, it's not. No, it wasn't. But at the time, I was so, I was so uh, driven to continue to play. But then I was like, yeah, I want this and I want to kind of grow up. And I guess... But with me, I, when, when my kids were born, I was like, yeah, this, this, this is, this is it. This is life right here. And, uh, before all that, before my kids were born and everything, when I'd come off the road and found my, um, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time who later became my wife, uh, she was, um, she was very supportive, like, you know, coming off the road, I understand, let's get you a job. So I became a manager at Joseph A. Bank. Um, selling suits in retail. Never thought I had a retail kind of personality, but um, evidently I was pretty good at it. It was one of those things where I still felt very unhealthy and because um, I had smoked and, and, and drank and like eating fast food when the shows were over. And so I developed this lifestyle of just a toxic system, you know, internally. And my, my whole body was toxic. And I was just like, I just don't feel good. And I'm getting older and I'm like, here I am approaching 30 and I feel awful. Yeah. And so I had a good buddy of mine say, and he was a white belt at the time. You should come try jujitsu. And I'm like, well, I will when I, when I quit all this stuff, or I will when I get, uh, uh, when I get a little healthier, or I will when I get a little stronger, or all this. And then I started looking at the people in the classes and they were just like me. Yeah. There was old guys at 60 years old starting. There was, there was young kids and there, there was there was overweight people who were trying to get in better shape by doing things. Just do it. Just step out and do it. So I, I finally just said, OK, you know what? I laid the pack of cigarettes down, I, I laid down the alcohol and I said, OK, let's do something first. Let me have a goal to train for first. So we said we set a date for a tough mutter. You know what? I, I did it. I did it. And it only took like like four to six months for me to be able to feel good. And I felt good. I wasn't where I wanted to be, but I was, I was game. Then I started jujitsu after, after a little bit of time, jujitsu and fitness and being healthy and all that was my obsession. I became more obsessed with that than anything. Hindsight, I'm looking back and I missed my second daughter's first steps and I knew she was going to walk that day. I was like, I, I knew it, but yeah. I still went in and, and started training and I, I would train four times a day in jujitsu and yeah. then I'd go to the gym and work out. 
and then I'd get home and I made, I made my wife at the time feel like she was nothing but a babysitter. And so we would have that, those discussions and then I'd, I'd feel bad and then I'd, I'd, I'd change it, but then the obsession would take over again. And there was just this habitual back and forth. Yeah. So it was, it was so unhealthy. And I guess the final blow came when, you know, a culmination of, of, of years of this, that she just told me that she was done. And when that happened, just feeling like I've got the world on me. And I'm like, I'm right back where I was playing music, where yeah. I feel nothing. And it would have been easy there to start drinking, to numb that feeling or doing something else. But I had daughters. And that was that was my biggest thing. So God was like, I gave these children to you. <laughs> They're mine, but I, I'm lending them to you. And they are your purpose. You don't live for yourself anymore, Joe. So I go, oh, all right. So here we go. So uh, my ex and I, we are great friends. Um, she is remarried and to <laughs> to a guy who trains jujitsu, and he he balances it better than I did at the time. So the kids absolutely love him. Our family's grown, so that's how we look at it. Is you know just our our family's bigger. Um, and then one day I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to break the news. I'm going to have to understand. I'm going to have to help my daughters understand in their vernacular what an obsession can actually do if it's un if it's if it's let go, if it's unleashed. But there has to be a very good anchor or at least a a, a touchstone in your life that brings you back to center, that keeps you grounded so you don't float away. Uh, to where, to where you can you can have your wings, yes, but you need to know where your priorities are. Well, and that, always, yeah, for sure, yeah, priorities. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Um, but th- that that was a hard lesson for me, and I, I if I don't think I would have learned it if it hadn't been for my kids, who would call oh. me in the middle of the night after a bad dream and say, "Daddy, I need." Yeah, so that was your anchor, and that's my anchor. Yeah, I feel like with, uh, gosh, with, I mean, I can, I can relate to this. I know back into my CrossFit days where, you know, it's just all you can think about. It's all you're doing. It's all, you've got this goal and you're chasing headlong for it. Um, And I know like in my situation coming off of having children, losing, not losing myself, but like losing a part of my identity when you have kids, like this is where people grow up when you have kids going back to your Mm. comment you made later is like, there's a big change that happens and there's so much um, of you that has to disappear, you know, in a way. And so refinding that refiguring out where that center or that anchor, as you referred it to is, is, is a process for every single person. I don't care who you are. That's it's going to happen. And at this, at the same time though, like there's a switch that also has to, like you went through a very traumatic thing, obviously like divorce is never easy. Depression is never easy. But so fast forwarding to now, you're a full-time mm-hmm. dad, you're a business owner, you're into fitness, you're a jujitsu coach, you're a musician. Have I missed anything? How, what else are you doing? I, got... that, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> You've got many hats and understanding that everything in life comes in those waves and seasons, right? Like I feel like you've come out of this 
very well. You're very stable. You are a great father. You're a great coach. You do, you're still a musician. You've been able to balance even more, I would say, than maybe in the time that when you were going through this full obsession situation. Um, so right. what do you think your uh, like sweet spot is? Like, what do you think? Cause you still want to achieve high goals. Mm -hmm. Like, of I know course. that's me too. Like you, I know, know the black belt was in your reach for a while. And that was a big goal that you had had. And so yeah. there's, you still have to have discipline. You still have to have consistency. Like you were saying earlier too, like you can't just show up to jujitsu one, one hour and be good. So you still right. have to have consistency and everything. So with you said, your kids are your anchor. That's your center. What, mm -hmm. what other little tricks or tips would you say that you have for other people that would help win this battle for balance? So I'm just talking from my own experience. I am a natural quitter. Interesting. Um, and I know that about myself. When I see the goal, the finish line, and it is right there in front of me, but it's so far away. I just put my hands on my knees and stop. That's why I hated running is because if I can make it to the end of the street and then I would not make it another step. If yeah. I saw the goal line, if I saw, if somebody dangled the carrot in front of my face, I would stop. So what I had to do was put the finish line, the, the finish line out of my mind and enjoy, find comfort in the uncomfortable journey. So I had to find comfort being uncomfortable, my whole jujitsu mindset. I need to put one step in front of the other. So I watch every step of my feet rather than looking ahead of me and seeing that far away goal line. So in life, I take one step at a time. What do I need to do? And it sounds so like, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it's like you're falling in love with the process. There. Well, I will say this. I will say this. The I, I, I kind of have a little bit of an issue with the falling in love with the process because you're told that. I was told that. I hate the process. I hate it. And I had to I had to be made uncomfortable. You will fall in love with the process because the process is your sail. You're the boat without a sail. The process is your sail. It's always serious business going out your door. You know, as J.R.R. Tolkien says, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you never if you don't mind your feet, you don't know where you're swept off to. So you got to take one step at a time. So that that's my process. And I don't know if that helps anybody. I hope it does. Uh, that's just something that I have found is be honest with myself is that, you know, I have all these negative traits. Everyone has negative traits. If you look at you look at all these professions, you look at all these wonderful people, all these athletes, all these amazing, accomplishing people. You don't see the climbing of the mountain on your hands and knees. You don't see that. You just see the end result. So that becomes our finish line. We're just like, I'll never get there. So it's like, just have some mercy on yourself and understand that it's just one step at a time. And you will fall in love with that grueling process. I promise. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a, it's, it's a must. It's a must in my mind to be able to... Mm -hmm. Be consistent and have like, even with nutrition, with your family life, with everything to have hard stops, you know, you've got to, if you've got to be home by five, then you better be home by five. And if that's just becomes who you are, those decisions, it's not hard to make those decisions once it's already ingrained into who you are and your DNA. 
Correct. And accountability matters too, because you have people who will call, like if I say I'm going to be there at a certain time, I have people call me five minutes late. I have people yeah. calling me. That's and good. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. You got a team. I got a well, team. You have to have supportive people around you too, that, because you're not in it alone. So if you start something, if you start a big journey, a big change in your life, I don't care if it's health and fitness. I don't care if it's jujitsu. Uh, if you start, or a family, if you start, you need a support crew. You cannot do it alone. No, no, no sheep survives alone outside of a fold. It just, yeah. they, they don't. That's so good. you need, you need a support crew. 100%. All right, Joe, I've kept you long enough. And I know you have a flight to catch down to <laughs> sunny, sunny, sunny places. I, I forgot all about it. <laughs> I've got to admit, I'm a little jealous of that. I'm ready for some sun here in Montana for sure. Okay, so people can find you. I know you have a website for your Defense Academy, www.totalselfdefenseacademy.com, correct? That is correct. And then you have an Instagram handle. Does Total Self Defense have an Instagram anymore? They do. They do. It's under a. Uh, it's under our association, so it's it's Team Rhino. But you can find it on there. We've got those little buttons on there, oh, so gotcha. you can find us, or you can find me at uh, uh, Joe Boer underscore Pizau, and that's a Portuguese word for closing the distance. So. Pizau. P i z o t. Good luck being a musician this weekend and having a great time with the Tim Shelton Syndicate. And uh, well, I you, will ma'am. I will reference that as well. You're a quite a striking mandolinist, so that's pretty fun to see that side of you as well. <laughs> it's my let my let loose side. My let loose side. All right. Thanks so much for joining in today, and we'll be talking soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining in to the True North Podcast. I hope you had as much fun listening as I did recording and that you found a few takeaway points you can incorporate into life to help further your goals. Stay focused, stay disciplined, always lift the heavy box and become harder to kill. Until next time, this is Jamie Hustis signing off with a big virtual high five and I catch you on the flip side.